Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. This is our 50th, 50th episode. episode. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm your host with the fake name, Frank. Today we'll be talking about Trump's indictment with an eye towards the primary elections, hearings about the Afghanistan withdrawal, the expansion of the FDIC, and more. So let's start the show. All right, so to start it off, we're going to sort of be talking about the recent Trump indictment um, on April 4th. Uh, he had, well, he was arraigned in, I believe, Manhattan, um, and the charges were read, and uh, it was revealed that the DA is uh, charging 34 counts of uh, business fraud and falsifying documents, and this is all related to the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels in 2016, just before the election. Um, but, uh, it's not really the indictment itself that I particularly want to focus on. I do believe that, um, as we previously talked about, it, it is kind of a political witch hunt that they're going after him. Um, there's plenty of, you know, lawyers on the left and the right who don't think there's really any good case here. Um, well, yeah, I mean, for instance, I don't know if you would have brought this up, but didn't she I'm pretty sure she even lost a defamation case that Trump brought against her or or vice versa I don't know but I think she had to pay him some kind of money Yeah um, it, I believe it came out like the day before or same day of his arraignment Mhm Yeah cuz I remember seeing the quote that she wasn't going to pay him a penny right <laughs> something like that there's a headline like that out there Right So I mean how do you go from that you know Right um from yes. that to this. <laughs> yeah, so there's definitely a lot of people who don't think there's much much there, and it could be uh, dismissed, but who knows. Um, but what I wanted to focus on is um, uh, looking forward to the primaries for the election next year, and um, this certainly has juiced up uh, Trump's you know, poll ratings amongst the base, uh, for good reason, I think. Um, we, at least, I believe the last time we talked about it, uh, and even just as I mentioned, it's uh, basically a political witch hunt against them, and uh, you know, they're always out to attack them. But uh, I don't think uh, this should be any kind of rallying cry to start supporting Trump, because uh, I still don't think he's necessarily the right uh, candidate for the general election. And um, I think between now and then, people in the Republican Party are really going to have to start thinking about it pretty pretty seriously if he is the guy that we should push for getting the nomination. Because um, I, don't, I don't think he has that great of a shot against, if it is Biden, that he has to go against in the general election. Really? No. Because... Um, because the best case he has, and he'd have to really stay focused on it, and I don't see him doing it, is that he has to push the comparison of, you know, this four years of Biden compared to his term before and how good it was compared to how bad it is now. Um, but he still is keeps bringing up the 2020 election and how he still thinks he was robbed of it. And... I can agree that he was in certain ways, not necessarily the ways that he believes he was, but... I think that's half the point, though. He really believes it. 
Right. Well, I'm sure he does. And um, and you know how repetitive that man is. Yeah. I mean, when he gets something in his head. Right. And if if he can't move past that and focus on like what I mentioned is really pointing out the comparison of the you know, two administrations, uh, there certainly isn't going to be a whole lot more people who didn't vote for him last time they're going to switch their vote this time yeah and this you know more of this baggage that he has with all these various lawsuits from the he's got like in georgia regarding the elections there um you know this case that we were already talking about in uh, manhattan uh i just don't see that many more people who are just going to vote for him this year or not this year but this time who didn't last time and Especially if it's already Biden, he's, I believe, it's roughly the same number of people would probably vote for him again. Especially, well, I think that's really interesting. Especially if, like I said, Trump can't focus on, uh, on the positive aspects of his, uh, prior, of his last term. Well, I definitely have a few things to say on that. I mean, sure. I wasn't sure exactly when I should jump in, but... Well, the only other thing I would say is that, you know, in my personal opinion, I, I just think it's time to move past him and, you know, pick somebody new who... Well, I totally hear you. Right. But I'm going to try and make some good points, and I think it sure. really leads into some of the other topics we're going to cover here okay. today. Yeah. I mean, for instance, I'll just hint, you know, our next segment, the next segment that we're going to go into. Mm-hmm. It was, no matter who came up with the plan, it was Biden who did that botched withdrawal of Afghanistan. Sure. He's on tape saying things like, you know, this was before he became president. He's on tape saying to crowds of people, what do you want us to do? Just pack up, you know, pack up our people, bring home our boys and leave helicopters sitting there and leave tanks sitting there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did. It's another one of those, you know, you can show proof of him saying six years ago uh-huh. that he would never do such a thing and then as soon as he gets power right. that's exactly what he does well, sure. what he said he wasn't he would never do i mean so i think there are people who voted for biden because he wasn't trump and now that they've been able to see there have been obvious examples of how out to lunch this guy is you know what i mean i mean he's not there right and most of the party, I don't think, wants him to run. You know, the AOCs right. of the world don't want him back out there. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the things um, one of the things I definitely wanted to mention is, you know, you're talking about Trump was beating DeSantis in some of the new polling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, you know, name recognition and he's out there. He's back in the news sure. and stuff like that. Right. And uh, out of sight, out of mind, nobody's really thinking about DeSantis so much, even though he might be a more attractive candidate you know right. especially to the masses you know at large the well anyway I, you i hope you get what i mean yeah but um i definitely also wanted to plug that we have some reporting from one of our staff writers over at our website um contemporaryconservative.net on that very topic um some of the trump polling and desantis um anyway there's an article up there but then I've also seen, um, well, I, as part of that reporting, I saw that Trump is going after some of DeSantis's donors, some of his biggest donors right now. Right. So not only is he swinging some of these new poll numbers over from DeSantis 
to himself, but supposedly he's getting some of DeSantis's big mega donors, and you know they're both based right there out of Florida now. Yeah. So you know I find that interesting, and then there's also some other things going on out there. You have to think of who else is going to be in the field, who else is going to th- throw their hat in the ring. And I saw an article a few days back about this Caitlyn Jenner. You know, she's supposedly going to make a run, I think. She started this Uh Fairness First Pack, P-A-C. She's calling it now. You know, so usually they do that. They start testing the water, doing that, gathering the money and stuff like that before they go on these runs. Uh So she'll probably be out there on the stage, you know, trying to get the nomination at least anyway. I think, I mean, we'll see, but I have a hunch. And then I just saw an article. This is just loosely linked, but I found it interesting, and I just saw it either today or yesterday, about that Tiger King guy, Joe Exotic, Uh is saying that he's going to run for president on the Democratic ticket. Now, something has to happen first. I don't know. He's got to get some kind of approval or something. Dude's sitting in jail or prison or something. But, But anyway, I just thought that's hilarious. And what I found... I mean, not exactly hilarious, but interesting. And that's why I'd bring it up here as part of this conversation is he talks about wanting to be on the debate stage with Joe Biden and wanting to be able to say some stuff to him about how even he, Joe Joe Exotic, is uh, famous, famously gay. He Uh was gay in that episode. They made a big deal out of the relationship he had with his boyfriend or boyfriends or whatever it was. I don't know. Um but even he he makes a point of saying that this LGBT and the trans stuff should not be pushed on anyone younger than 18 or 21, something like that. You know, he doesn't think that the, you know, and he wants to run on the Democratic ticket and say that kinds of stuff. Right. Okay. And uh, there's other examples. That, that's just an important one, you know. And it's related to the fact that Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, she would probably agree with that too. So I think there's going to be a big injection of reason this cycle, hopefully, even if, you know, it's not from some of the best candidates. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. I was mostly just interested in you saying that Trump couldn't beat Biden because I don't, I guess I'm just so red <laughs> that I feel like a, a, a peeled potato could <laughs> win against Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, right. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think that is, I do believe that if it's not Biden, it's other name versus Trump in the general election, I, he probably would have a better shot, um, it's, depending on who it is. Um, and as I've said before, if he is on the general ticket, absolutely, I'm, I am going to vote for Trump. But uh, at this point, uh, for the at least as far as the primaries go, which come up sooner, yeah, um, uh, he's not my pick uh and maybe maybe my pick will uh, not be on the, the list. Who knows? Uh, on the uh, list? No, or, no. Maybe they won't end up running. Uh, or by then they will drop out. Who knows what what's going to start happening around? I think January. you know. Just speaking of this, did you? I think I saw that Mike Pompeo is probably going to put his hat in the ring. Yeah, I've been seeing lots of names. Um, Mike Pence. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> the fly guy. Fly guy. Yeah, remember he had that in one of the debates, the vice oh, president yeah. he had the fly sitting on his mm-hmm. forehead or whatever it was yeah. in his hair for the whole thing, uh-huh. basically. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, um, uh, there's probably going to be a lot of people jumping in. So yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Well, anyway, I guess that leads us, I sort of hinted at yeah. where we'd go with the next topic. And it's that, you know, now that the Republicans have the House, um, the Oversight and Accountability um, Chairman, James Comer mm-hmm. from Kentucky, yep. um, they d- have been doing some hearings uh, focusing on the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. And, um, you know, this is something that we've discussed before on the channel. I feel like is almost criminal. This is another one of those. I'm sure I know what I compared it to Hillary Clinton and the Benghazi thing. Right. What's it matter now? They're already dead. Forget about it. Let's move on type of thing. So I think it's really great that they're having these hearings and, you know, are going to call into question just how poorly, Right. That was orchestrated. Um, and I think it'll help, you know, I think we led into it well, bringing up the primaries and everything like this. And uh, we'll get some good sound bites from some of uh, Biden's uh, advisors and that kinds of things. And right. And um, it really was a tragedy. 13 American servicemen lost their lives. And right. Um. I don't know. I think that, I mean, that's one of the things. I have another article that I saw uh, put out by the New York Post that talks about how um, veterans in particular were horribly affronted at what they saw, you know, in that whatever debacle, that debacle. Right. Um, they're blaming corrupt politicians and saying that they are denying, you know, which is exactly what they're doing, denying that they caused any sort of a problem or that it was chaotic or, you know, it's that whole let's move on kind of thing again. Right. And I just find that interesting. You know, I hadn't planned on going there, but I hear myself saying it. And if you remember, it was Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State at that time, right. the Benghazi thing. Yeah. And Mike Pompeo, you know, we just said his name. I'm pretty sure he was the chairman of the oversight committee when they were having the Benghazi hearings, if I'm not mistaken, okay? And Mm -hmm. he wound up in her job after those hearings. So they can be powerful. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. um, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing where this goes, if anything good comes of it. But I already feel like, you know, just in what I've said, the good sound bites, the good sort of publicity, sort of, well, you know, sort of negative publicity for biden right but i I just really look forward to and it's something i know we've called for you know that they should have some sort of hearing or there should be some sort of accountability right for essentially what they did yeah yeah they they uh, one of the things they keep trying to do is say that their hands were tied by you know the choices trump made before but i think you pointed out uh it was no matter who who made the agreement to pull out it was biden who made the move to yeah and um and i i'm assume and hopefully we'll find out from the hearings you know like if how much options they really had at the time because it made it seem like they didn't have any choice well i know they did there was a lot of discussion at the time and trump piped up of course you know he doesn't keep quiet on anything and he was out there saying, you know, this is not what I bargained for. Mm-hmm. And they could have done it this way. I know right. he put out statements on. I mean, I remember how they handled it. You know, this is what we do in a sense. We follow the news. We enjoy this sort of thing. Right. And I remember um, 
it's almost like they pushed it right up to the date. They didn't do anything. They mm-hmm. didn't take any sort of steps, preliminary right. steps. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's the 17th of August. August, yep, and we, we gotta, gotta go. be out and uh, see ya. Yeah, and this that's because Trump made this agreement. Uh-huh. Oh, that Trump. Oh, we just got to right. leave everything behind. Everybody get out right now. Drop right. that pencil. Drop the, Leave it there. Well, <laughs> I mean, even if, it, you know, that being the case, if Trump made the, the agreement, what when did that stop the Biden administration from ignoring anything that Trump's administration did? Like, day oh, one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Day one, he came in and undid several things that, uh, like, Trump's administration. Exactly. Did. Well, and then I think we both also remember that one of the first things they did was abandon like the airfield, yeah, or something like that. Uh-huh. And then it's like, oh, we can't get everybody off the base right. because we abandoned the planes first. Yeah. So they all had to go to like the civilian airport in the middle of the the, the city, Kabul. I mean, the whole, th- it was a joke, man. And yeah. I can remember it. I don't have to pull up these articles and date them. How, you know, I remember the reactions. And I think in that way, it's kind of sad that that's all they're going to do. You know, I often call these house things show trials. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it is because right. I, we saw. And that's what I'm hoping for in this election is smart people, no matter what stripe you are, red or blue or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Smart people know that that was horribly mishandled. Right. <clears throat> I don't see why you have to get so political over mm-hmm. something that we all know to be true. It was yeah. horribly handled. Right. But yeah, it's, you mentioned, we talk about, like, as you said, we often call the, these hearings and stuff show trials. Right. And uh, I don't, I'm, hopefully there will be some kind of accountability, but even if there's not, it's good to know the really what happened the transparency of you know the situation of it all you know getting the info out to the public um letting them know exactly how how it happened and uh who exactly ca- caused it i mean i get what you're saying like a comprehensive truth on right. what actually occurred right. i just think it's sad that that's how government works though is that everything's i mean this happened years ago now yeah. basically we're already moving on everybody's talking about is Joe Biden going to run? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess maybe in a way I'm making myself sound foolish because I'm hoping people will remember. But instead, all they're talking about is Joe Biden and just want to move forward. So I don't know. We'll just see what comes of it, I guess. I hope some good will come of it, too. I just right. know these things usually don't bear any real weight. I think of Lois Lerner. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. Nothing happens to these people. But yeah, hopefully, you know, these some of these hearings aren't going to be too show trialy, and at least some good info will come out of them. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't really have a good transition to our next topic, but it is about... Uh, Transitioning? Okay, there we go. I, I guess I guess that's it. Um, <laughs> Somebody very famously transitioned. Good one, Frank. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, about this Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light and all this hoopla. Um, but most particularly that I'm going to talk about is another famous person, Joe Rogan, a famous podcaster I'm sure most people know about, and uh, his take on it. Because um, you know, Joe Rogan's a smart guy. I've listened to some of his shows before, and he is 
certainly uh, a person of the left, maybe not far left, I wouldn't say that at all, but uh, I think he might possibly argue he's more moderate, but you know, my opinion would be that he's slightly left or moderate. But uh, he's, he's typically a reasonable guy, um, but his take, and I got a few quotes written down here on this uh, situation, and if anybody doesn't know, uh, on, I believe it was, on April Fool's Day, uh, April 1st, um, Bud Light put out a video on social media, I guess, because I don't think it was like an ad on TV. Maybe it was. Um, but it featured Dylan Mulvaney, uh, who is uh, a man pretending to be a woman and who's been in several like uh, sponsorship deals with companies over the past year or so. Um, but they... Bud Light made a can with this man's face on it, Dylan Mulvaney. Polly looks like a woman, though. I bet they... He actually, uh, well, whatever. He, yeah, I think what's really confusing about that case is that he still goes by Dylan, which is, I don't know, not really a girl's name in my opinion, but yeah. uh, anyway, um, he just had a surgery to feminize his face, oh. and they went in and, like, uh, Shaved off some of his bones, like jawline, jaw, uh huh, and okay. made him more angular or something. I don't know how to put it. More feminine. I'll I'll put it that way. Right. So yeah, he looks more like a girl more than ever, except he still doesn't have you know mammary glands, <laughs> and uh, he's still not a woman. Right. But but so yeah, they have this feminized picture of Dylan Mulvaney on their cane. In like rainbow, you know, some sort of rainbow shading or something. Right. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to have to abandon the quotes I have and just try to remember them because uh, something has gone awry with my notes. Hmm. Um, but, all right, one of the things that um, in Joe Rogan's clip, and I'll have a link to it um, in the show notes, one of the things he talks about is Sasar starts off by saying um, something like uh, like all that Bud Light's trying to do is spread the brand to to new groups of people. And he says something like uh, if if something is good, why uh, why does it matter who has it or something like that? Although he uses more colorful language. Um, uh, which from a marketing standpoint, I understand wanting to expand your, your, you know, your target market, but he misses the point that uh, a lot of people are upset about because he also goes on to make, he makes the comparison, like, if if there's some cheesecake that everybody really likes, then all of a sudden a radical group like Antifa really likes the cheesecakes, are we going to not eat cheesecake? But then he also follows it up and says... If then the Cheesecake Factory sent Antifa a cheesecake and said, uh, congratulations or some, 10 more years of chaos, something like that, celebratory cheesecake, uh-huh. would, would we be against that? And it's interesting to me that he puts those two different arguments together when the latter one is actually correct. Yes, Joe Rogan, <laughs> that would be a problem. And that's just what the problem essentially is the people who are upset about the situation aren't 
mad or upset that trans people are drinking Bud Light. It's that this company is uh, portraying and propagating what some people believe is like a perverse ideology that shouldn't necessarily be spread around. And also when he talks about like uh, if the Cheesecake Factory sent Antifa uh, the cheesecake for 10 more years of chaos, it almost seems like he would still be okay with that. And I suppose if I could ask Joe Rogan, would you want Cheesecake Factory sending the cheesecakes to Antifa telling them keep up the good work? I mean, I guess if if from the principle of free speech, sure, but I don't think it's a good and moral thing for companies to be doing that, just as in this case, people don't believe it's good and moral for Bud Light to be going along with uh, this trans ideology. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean, I have a lot of opinions on this that go back a long ways. I mean, well beyond this Bud Light thing. Sure. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, especially depending on what uh, market niche we're talking about, I don't get why companies even advertise at all sometimes. I truly don't understand that. Um, And especially this types of marketing, the whole woke marketing Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. um, I don't understand it. Right. Because you think you make good paper towels. People will buy good paper towels. They'll find, they'll seek out, they'll find the good paper towels. Right. I don't see why you need to come on the television and say, we make the best paper towels. Right. Because that would speak for itself in the data. Right. (laughs) So I don't understand. I've never really understood it. Um, And I think sort of his example, whether you agree with it or not, I I don't know, because it seems like a false, a sort of false example. Yeah. Um, I think it is. Because it's almost more like the Cheesecake Factory, instead of just producing good cheesecake, it's more like they're dyeing it rainbow-colored mm-hmm. and making you eat rainbow-colored cheesecake when you would just rather have it the same old color it's always been. Right. Or it's almost like they're telling you, they're reminding you, to keep with that example, mm-hmm. when they come and deliver your cheesecake to you, they say... Remember, Antifa likes cheesecake, too. Right. I mean, why do I need to be told that every time I go to have a a cheesecake? Right. I don't need to be told who also likes the cheesecake. I I just care about me eating the cheesecake. Right. You should just care about me liking the cheesecake. Right. So I continue to be your customer. (laughs) So that's just sort of a funny, I don't know, sort of non-example. I don't don't really like that. Um, Well, I mean... Uh, as I sort of said, that the people who are upset at this don't care if trans people are drinking Bud Light or not drinking Bud Light. Right. Uh, like uh, in Joe Rogan's video, he's whoever he's talking with. I don't know his name. They they're talking. They talk about um, Kid Rock, his stunt that he did shooting all those Bud Light cans. Yeah. I don't think even Kid Rock would care about you know a trans person drinking the Bud Light. It's that putting out these ads or whatever, these sponsorships, these videos right. with Dylan Mulvaney is sending, sending the message that it's uh, true and normal that a, a man can become a woman. Right, right. That's that's sort what of putting it up on a pedestal and right. help propagating the, the idea. Yeah. No, I totally understand. I mean, but that's one of the things that I also don't understand about 
people's reaction to this type of story, mm-hmm. though, either. Because, you know, I have a literature degree, so well, right. some people know that. And, um, you know, you often see, what happens when you ban a book? When somebody goes crazy and they go, oh my gosh, have you read this book? It's horrible. we got to get rid of it. we got to go. People go read it. Of course people go read it. They go, what's so bad about this book? Uh-huh. And that's what I don't get about this whole thing either. I mean, I've seen lots of memes on, I don't watch TikTok, but, you know, I've seen TikTok videos mm-hmm. floating around the internet. Right. Of people buy, who have these Bud Lights and they're dumping them down the sink. And it's like, well, there goes your money. Right. You know, I mean, if you already had the beer, right. why not drink it? And surely you didn't go out and buy Bud Light just to dump it down and film yourself dumping it down the sink. So well, Sure, some people did. Okay, well, I'm just trying to yeah, set I know up yeah. how I think... I mean, not to say that we're being foolish by discussing this because it's something that's going on. But certain people, you know... My mother, just families, household families all Mm -hmm. over the country are now sitting and having conversations about this and saying, well, did you know about this? And honey, we can't have Bud Light anymore. And this is effectively subjecting people to it, too. Right. Just the way it just bubbles up and keeps going and Mm -hmm. keeps grows on itself like a a cancer or something. So uh, the whole thing is dangerous. I don't see why people don't just go. Oh, they did what? Bud Light did what? Doesn't bother me. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, and that's not to quietly consent, but it's just to sort of not make a big hullabaloo about everything sure. either. I, I don't always understand that. Right. Well, I'm, uh, like I said, mostly wanted to point out what Joe Rogan has said because he's had, you know, he has so many listeners, and I feel like he his argument that he's trying to make is just wrong, and he's a. Sp- He's like I said before. I think he's a smart guy. Maybe I didn't say before, but I think he is. And you know, it's just—it's almost like he's uh, just trying to virtue signal. But I will say, to give him credit, in the same video, he and the guy he was talking to that he had on a show uh, were talking about this comedian um, Shane Gillis. I think he said is his name. Mm-hmm. And he does this event. Uh, I don't know if it's every year or what. Pretty often, called protecting our parks. Uh-huh. I think he puts on like a big comedy show and uh-huh. gets millions of views, he says. And Bud Light is all this guy drinks. And this comedian is supposedly really generous, you know, gives back to the community and stuff like that. And, you know, the guy was talking to Joe Rogan, both of them even said, you know, where's his can with Bud Light? And yeah. I, I would agree with that. And I just wanted to, you know, be fair to, to Joe Rogan uh, slightly. Because uh, I think that is a good point to raise, you know. There, there are other people that they could be promoting who are doing uh, good things. Yeah. But, but they're not. Well, and I would almost just wonder, I mean, because I really don't know, so I'm going to ask the question before we move on. Sure. Um, is Joe, like, sort of liberal on, on the whole transgender thing? Like, uh, I would say so, because one of the things that he also said in that video is that um, and he points out a lot of the people who are upset are usually pro freedom of speech and you know, you know individual sure. rights and whatever stuff like that. Yeah, I get where he's and going. And they think that Bud Light's pushing an agenda, and these Joe and his guests say there is no agenda. Uh-huh. But there is. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, he 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 would be on the left. Well, of and issue. I almost wonder. See, now I, that makes me have a theory. Well, I already had the theory before I asked the question, but. You know, he's one of these Hollywood types. Mm-hmm. 
And they're big on that out there. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if he just hasn't drank the Kool-Aid in that regard because he is a celebrity, you know? Uh, Maybe, but he, he has a wide variety of guests, even conservatives. Like Ben Shapiro's been on his show. He's even had Alex Jones on his show. So he... I'm sure he's been pres- he Matt Walsh, who's very yeah active in the right. has, has been on his show. So I'm I'm sure he's heard and has been presented the the info on on the trans ideology. So I don't know what it is. Maybe he it just hasn't hit him yet. I don't know, but yeah. he's definitely heard it. He knows what the other side's saying about it. You know, but uh, right before we move on, I have heard and not a sponsor. That Yingling is uh, openly conservative. Right on. So if uh, if you want another choice of beer to go get, go get Yingling. Aren't they America's oldest brood? Uh, might be. I'm uh, pretty sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure yep. they are. And like I said, not a sponsor, but uh, that's an alternative choice because that's one of the things that some people say. Well, we're, all these big companies own the same, you know, the beers. I'm saying it backwards. <laughs> All these beers are owned by the, like the same company. Um, so how do you get away from it? Well, Yingling's one of your choices that I know of from what yep. I've heard. And it's a good one, folks. Yep. All right. So on to your final topic. What do we got? All right. My final topic today is going to be, uh, it stems from, it's going to be a discussion on something that stems from an article that I was reading or something I was watching. I'm not sure. And it just quietly mentioned at the end that, uh, well, it was some sort of interview of Diane Diane Feinstein, for goodness (laughs) sakes, Um, Janet Yellen at the, yeah, that's a big (laughs) difference there. (laughs) But yes, so anyway, Janet Yellen was being interviewed and just quietly at the end of it, it sort of mentions, or she did, that they might be expanding the FDIC. Have you heard this? Uh, I feel like I have. Um, it's no surprise after this uh, Silicon Valley bank collapse and all that. Well, let me just take your opinion. You know, I haven't warmed up in any way. I haven't presented you any information or anything. But what do you think of that concept, the the total expansion of FDIC? Um, and remember, they're saying short term. But that, if you're a student of uh, history, <laughs> short well, term is and, usually never short term. Well, and my favorite, Milton Friedman. Oh, yeah. He yeah, said yeah. there's no, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they want to temporarily expand FDIC. Right. Um, I'm not really sure what I think about it because I, I don't uh, have enough knowledge to really know what the broader implications of that might be, but um, I guess in a pro aspect of it, uh, I don't know when the $250,000 number was set, but I know it's been that way for a long time. So if they're going to increase it, um, it doesn't seem too unreasonable, you know, with inflation and causing the value of money to go go down, stuff like that. Um, But uh, the anti-aspect of it, I guess what would come to mind is like... uh, you you can ins- it can incentivize more risk taking amongst larger banks because if they know the government's gonna bail out the people and the other and the banks themselves essentially why why not to play hard with the money so I I don't really know um well I'll tell you it's certainly something to keep keep track of and 
watch what could happen. I'll tell you definitely what I think of it. I think it gets dangerously close, like like Icarus, flying to the sun. Because the whole FDIC thing is sort of a joke, okay? This is just me talking to you and the people here, but just Frank talking. <clears throat> but the whole FDIC thing is kind of a joke and was just rolled out as sort of to lay people's fears, okay? And it's this Ponzi scheme type of thing, just like Social Security, where supposedly the banks, right, mm-hmm. have to make these deposits in this insurance right. Scheme right to be considered FDIC FDIC insured, right? Yeah. Okay, and part of what that is is the FDIC is supposed to sort of be this quasi-private <laughs> entity mm-hmm. that saves the money. That's what they do. They save that money in case there's ever a bank failure. They mm-hmm. take those insurance deposits and save them up, and then when there's a run on a bank or some, you know, a bank has a liquidity issue or whatever. They basically have to make an insurance claim, mm-hmm. and they, the the FDIC people, the insurance people, they go down into the vault, and they get some of this money that's just been saved. Uh, I can uh, already guess that it sounds, they go, seems like there's probably no money actually there. Well, supposedly there is, and supposedly they're this quasi-separate entity thing. Uh, but the problem is, is that. FDIC is an entity, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, I often say the same sort of thing about unions. How, what, what do I always say about unions? They become a self-serving entity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay? Because they have an administration. Yeah. They have a leader. They have a staff. They have costs. They have offices. The, the they bureaucracy have, is only to serve the bureaucracy. So, well, okay, but in this case, the bureaucracy of the FDIC starts eating up the deposits. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Don't you see? So yeah. if they take in, let's just use easy numbers and say a million dollars, and then they spend a million dollars, how much is in the vault? Right. There's nothing. Nothing. Okay. And what does FDIC do when the vault's empty? They go to the treasury. Of course they do because they're a government agency. Yeah. So they just borrow from the treasury. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, these limits were placed. You're sort of saying, what's the $250,000 limit matter? Okay, well, in a sense, it doesn't, because really smart people, it's per account and per person. Right. So you and your spouse could both each have a majillion, bajillion accounts that are all at $250,000 a piece. Right, and even, um, like, brokerage accounts will, like, do this, too. Right. So I sort of do see the point that it's absolutely ridiculous, but it's it's in the same sort of sense that the insurance— scheme mm-hmm. is ridiculous. The whole thing is just a sort of ridiculous sort of piggybacking right. or distancing from the treasury. Right. And I'm afraid to me, I can read the writing on the wall. This is just going to be an expansion of the FDIC is basically eradicating the FDIC, except it still is an entity that's gobbling up government money now. Right. Right. Money that could otherwise be being paid into the treasury or something, uh-huh. but it was being paid into the FDIC. So yeah. now the treasury, I mean, it's just being robbed left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Everything goes back to the treasury. The treasury is going to be bailing out every person in America, yeah. every corporation, any yeah. entity, dollar for dollar, yeah. no, with no limits. I believe it. Well, it's preposterous. It's absolutely preposterous. And similarly, with these bank failures going on and again, 
did you did you see that Jerome Powell just is going to raise interest rates, or he just did raise interest rates? That interest rates are going up again. Uh huh. <clears throat> well, it's because of that that they're making all these other moves and things too. Right. The financial outlook right now is so bleak. <laughs> right. Yeah. That it's almost like they're preparing for. Now, I'm not trying to suggest any such a thing that it's, you know. But I'm just reading the writing on the wall. Because when I heard I- expansion of FDIC, you go, I went, a what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, that's a much bigger deal than it sounds like. Because basically, the whole vault concept mm-hmm. within the FDIC is gone. You're basically saying that there is no vault anymore. We're just going to open the whole thing up to the treasury. And it's essentially, I mean, if you're a student of history, Social Security, a lot of these other programs, mm-hmm. Social Security is definitely one. Where do you think that money is going to come from when Social Security's insolvent? The treasury. Because they act like the same thing. You know, that's a private fund. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's all just scary to me. Right. It's, America's headed towards bankruptcy is what it looks like. Uh, yeah, because um, I'm sure in June, when it comes down to it, they're going to raise that deficit again. Oh, and yeah. There's not going to be probably hardly any spending cuts or any good corrective measures. And if interest rates keep going up, part of what's causing trouble with these banks is that they, you know, if people don't know what happens with banks, when you put your money in the bank, it isn't always just there. They use that money to lend it out, and uh, one of the things they do that's particular to this situation is they buy bonds in the hope that you know they'll earn interest off those bonds, and then they can pay interest back to their their depositors. Well, when you buy a long-term bond with a lower interest rate, and the interest rates keep going up, your bond's not worth anything anymore. So they, a lot of the banks have been losing money on that, because of the interest rates, so that's been caused a part of the problem. So it's almost like all these different factors from the economic standpoint are going to just build up. Yeah, or like piggyback, a piggyback off each other. Yeah, yeah, like a bubble. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh-huh, you're exactly yeah. right. Well, and then, if you think one more thing that I almost wanted to cover today, but, you know, we usually try to keep these conversations pretty balanced, so I didn't want to add in a bunch more, and I'm not trying to fit something in now. But if you just think about... Something like how delicate the global situation is, you know, mm-hmm. with these moves being made by China right, and Russia yeah. and the military and mm-hmm. Taiwan and BRICS countries. North Korea and all this stuff. Yeah. If you think back to the pandemic and how there were supply chain issues mm-hmm. and things got backed up for weeks, the ship getting stuck in the canal, it mm-hmm. shut the world down yeah. for three days or whatever, what, two, two, three weeks. I don't remember. But, okay, you think about how broke we are. Imagine if something really bad did happen somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. and we did go to war. I mean, that would almost certainly be a death knell for America. I mean, how would we be able to... That would also be piggybacked on the Treasury, mm-hmm. funding the war. Right, yeah. It's like the Treasury is literally... How could it have anything in it? It's going to get to that point. Right, yeah. Uh, people have been talking about this for a while, because all we do is spend, spend, spend. Print money and print more money. Fuck the government. Well, that's 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 our way out. Whatever the situation is, money. Yep. Put money in it. I'll fix it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned before on one of our past episodes, maybe as one of my predictions. I don't recall that uh, I think our economic situation's not going to be improving too much, even though it might look like it, because 
stock markets have been up lately, but it's going to keep going up. No. And uh, is that all you got? Yep, that's it. All right, I thought that was good. And um, listeners, if you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure to leave a like, comment, or review wherever you're listening. We got the audio on YouTube, and we got the podcast on many platforms. Uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio seems to be one of our popular uh, spots to listen. And be sure to check out our website, because I believe we got some new posts up there, contemporaryconservative.net. Yeah, and share us with a friend or two. And as always, thanks for listening.